So I think the 2024 presidential campaign, abortion, I think is going to be the main issue on the ballot here. This is, it's going to be the first presidential I mean, if Democrats have any sense, they will certainly. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It is a winning issue for them. Yeah, and it's it would will be the first presidential election after the repeal of Roe versus Wade, and people are finally getting a chance to register their opinion on this a very important subject. And I'm saying related of not having what it looks like when it's not protected as a right. I mean, I, I think that was always mm-hmm. when it loomed as a fear and was a reality. Let's be honest, for so many women in so many places where they restricted it to the point where it was essentially unavailable but like having it be like seeing the fallout from this decision and so much of what reproductive justice rights predicted would happen but also the kind of things that we didn't necessarily predict because it's only once you see how awful the law works that you kind of Mm -hmm. see the numbers and and in this case right a story like this yeah yeah and i think for a lot of people especially people who don't follow politics, the right-wing extremism, it's just not real. Like it is theoretical unless it has the ability to directly impact their life or their friends or family lives. And we're seeing that, I think, very significantly in a study that just came out. Well, I guess it was a, a research estimate, I think is what they called it, in the Journal of the American Medical Association Internal Medicine Journal. And they had a, there was an estimate that there were in the United States, um, that there were about 64,000 pregnancies in 14 different states that happened as a result of rape and the women and girls who had this happen to them have been forced to carry their rapist child unless they were able to somehow able to get out of their state and get an abortion for themselves. And most of these 14 states have either literally no exceptions for rape, or they have exceptions that are so impossibly restricted that they basically are without exception. So many of these states, and of course, they're all heavily Republican states, but you know they have restrictions that you can't, you have to report the rape to the police, otherwise you can't get that exception. I think that women don't report more likely because of what victims or survivors have to go through. I mean, you reliving it over and over, having to go get a rape kit, the kind of interactions that you have with people sometimes in hospital settings, or certainly when you're talking to the police who may not always be as helpful as they're supposed to be. And also the fact that Mm -hmm. we often make people I mean, there's familial stuff, too, with people's attitudes around rape and people not. So there's a uh, I think that the main reason that women and it is overwhelmingly women who are raped, but also any folks who are are and women and girls. I I mean, it's just in gendered terms, but Mm -hmm. anyone who's affected by rape, we don't they people tend to underreport it because of how victims are treated. Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm And this just adds that. to that, um, right? Like this just makes it Yeah. even even harder for those folks. And it's the numbers, it's looking at the breakdown, like the fact that 45% and so one that there's an underestimation of rapes, right? Of like rape this generally. is of yeah. what we of what we know. This is 
at best a calculation that it, it, it still falls short of what the real numbers are. We just know that. But the fact that 45% of these cases are in Texas, it's just staggering. I mean, obviously Texas is a huge state, mm. but wow. Yeah. 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 Well, no, and it, it it's just another illustration of what the Republican Party of Texas, what they're trying to do. They they do see the writing on the wall for them in that state, and they're trying to put as many bulwarks against any sort of protections for civil rights in, in across many different areas. And and as a result, they've seems like they're turning Texas into a rapist paradise, and it's a grim and awful thing to see. And we've kind of discussed this previously about the relationship between sexual assault and rape and how difficult these exceptions actually are to get. Like, it's just such a vivid illustration. When you see the numbers collectively, it's such a vivid illustration of just how draconian these laws are. Yeah. And it's also an illustration that for every story of somebody like Brittany Wells, the Ohio woman who was going to be prosecuted for having a miscarriage, for every story like that that we hear about, there are probably thousands of yep. stories that we never hear about. And this is why this issue is so important. And, and it's so important to tell your friends and your family who might not fully understand the import. Because I think to some degree, people, because again, rape is also often kept secret and mm -hmm. so you don't hear about it and so but this is a country of over 300 million people and with that many people the number of rapes is enormous so it's more impactful of people than you may think and especially if you live in a republican area there's a very good chance that you know either you or someone you know indirectly will be impacted by this a thing that I know for sure, and any woman would agree with this, is absolutely every woman has either been sexually assaulted or raped or knows someone that has, without question. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it touches pretty much all of mm -hmm. our lives. And it's also the case that because of that personal direct experience that even a fair number of Republican women are mm -hmm. willing, when there is a vote on ballot, initiatives to vote in favor of abortion rights in some yeah. ways or another. And the Republican right wing has definitely noticed that fact and because, well, every single abortion rights referendum that has been on the ballot has won. And people have voted to protect reproductive choice in most circumstances. And it's gotten so bad for Republicans that now they are working in many different states to block abortion rights access bills to be allowed to be voted on at all by the public. And that is, I mean, it's just incredible. They're, they're all the little dirty tricks that they're coming out with on this matter. So like Mississippi had, they, they deliberately broke their citizen initiative process a number of years ago because their constitution said that they had to have enough signatures in all five of their congressional districts, but then they lost population and actually went down to four. And then they never fixed that provision of citizen initiatives. And so, so then now they're rewriting that part finally under pressure. And in Mississippi, they're trying to say that you cannot have a ballot initiative regarding abortion. And it's literally the only issue that they want 
to make exempt from a citizen referenda uh, because they have a good idea that it would. They know exactly how that how that's going to go. Yeah, mm, that's right. And Republicans in Missouri are trying to do the same thing as well. And I guess it should be noted also that Mississippi was the original state behind the Dobbs decision that yeah that's right and then the same thing is true and they're trying to do the same thing in Missouri right now so abortion rights advocates are they have successfully got enough signatures to get it on the ballot in Missouri this year and the Secretary of State is trying to block that trying to disallow it and has also tried to create language for it that is deliberately misleading and even politically partisan, trying to signal that if you're a Republican, you shouldn't vote for this in the way that he's Jay Ashcroft, the Secretary of State of Missouri, has been trying to do that. And he's lost in court recently with that, but it's still kind of up in the air how that's going to work. And there was a, the Associated Press has an important piece on this where they, they quote someone from Campaign Life Missouri, which is an odd organization name. Are you sure I read that right? <laughs> um, yeah. So Campaign Life Missouri, who said that he's concerned about these ballot initiatives to make sure that the rights of the minority aren't trampled on. The concern of our founders and the concern of many people throughout the decades and years is to avoid having a tyranny of the majority. Isn't that nice, Kelly? Okay. How concerned about minorities that they are now. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a turn. And I know you're leading up to this, but also in Arizona, they there's the Daily Beast piece on basically the letting the state legislature there override the appointment of electoral college electors. And what I think is so interesting about, I mean, we're seeing it, I think, most frequently right now around abortion related issues because that's such a losing issue for Republicans and conservatives. But also we already had the Supreme Court rule on basically the independent legislature theory, which is kind of what they're doing in Arizona, right? I mean, they, mm -hmm. thank goodness, um, struck it down. It was this wackadoodle theory that John Eastman came up with in the midst of the whole stop mm -hmm. the steal, ridiculous trying to overturn a free and fair election. This idea that basically you could just have partisans control how politics works in a place and ignore the way that the vote works. And again and again, I think that what's happening in Arizona, what they're proposing and what we're seeing in these state legislatures around abortion is they're completely mm -hmm. willing to ignore what are essentially mandates or to, I mean, to go very much with a sort of, you know, state's rights. The, the Arizona thing I find particularly irritating because we had a Supreme Court vote on this. It was a, a mm -hmm. wacky thing then. And now they're trying to do it anyway. I mean, there's just this sense that they can just go rogue. Texas yeah. is, is deciding it's going to succeed. We're in this very sort of pre sort of, I, I mean, I know the right is always is is gung-ho over the idea of the civil war that obviously the left is instigating but they're they're very revving for mm -hmm. that kind of thing yeah <laughs> and yeah yeah make me think of that yeah no definitely i think it, to some degree people who are in the center left especially more on the center side they don't want to think that their fellow americans have these views because they're so insane <laughs> they are and but I mean, that is the reality. And like, 
I think just in the in the news this week, there was that guy that tortured and killed his father that cut off his head and in, and showed it on camera on a YouTube live stream. Yeah, and I just saw like I didn't deep dive on that at all. I just saw like the headline and that was like kind of enough for me. <laughs> and like the speech that he was giving, though, it it literally sounded like a Fox News monologue, like standard fare. Minus the part of holding up the severed head, it sounded just like Dan Bongino or just like Tucker Carlson or just like Janine Pirro or any of these people. They have been telling their their fan base, the libs are coming to kill you for 50 years. And that really yeah. fucks with people's heads to be told that for 50 years that the libs are coming to kill you. Yeah, um, and the worst part is that none of those people actually believe that. Yeah, the people saying if they did, it, they yeah. wouldn't. They wouldn't insist on living in New York City. <laughs> and like, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just it's so cynical and awful because, uh, yeah, they've seen the way that the folks that they're talking to have reacted. Right? They've re they've reacted with mm -hmm. paranoia and fear and conspiracy theories, and yet they continue to push these points. Despite the fact that they know and it they is throw a their money. Yeah, right. if you were if you were really terrified of the of the black atheist trans gay people coming to murder you in your sleep, then you wouldn't live in, have Fox News in New York. <laughs> you simply would not. And so, but yeah, it's just this. There's there is, and I definitely saw this. The higher up I got into the right wing food chain in my former career, that they absolutely had there was a significant element of sociopathy among these people they knew that they were manipulating they knew that they were lying and 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 their rubes absolutely believed it they absolutely believed it and this this shit is getting dangerous and and the mainstream media needs to stop protecting these people and to stop platforming them on their shows and stop and the ones who are not talking about violence or whatever like they need to call them out and say, look, you have no constituency. Who do you represent? Yeah. Like, who who does Ross doubt that represent in America? No one. Who does George Will represent? No one. Who does those various Republican CNN pundits? Who are, who Who's their constituency? No one. No one likes them in their own party. So why are they the representatives? Like, what you needed to have is people on there to just tell you, this is what MAGA thinks about stuff. And it's fucked up. That's what we need to have. We don't need to have pretend debates with irrelevant people. Right, so in the interest of, of airtime. <laughs> and I think just as important, I mean, obviously platforming people who are going to come on and lie or or say mm -hmm. nonsense is, is part of the problem. But so is just even writing about it as if the two things that are happening in both parties are the same. I'm sorry that there, mm -hmm. there is not, there is not a crazy far left that is advocating to for every single awful stripping of rights that they possibly can undertake that's happening in, yeah. in the same way as on the right. And when every time that the media talks about those things in the same breath and equates them, they do a disservice to all of us. And, 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 and it's you're been only happening helping for, the radical right. Yeah. yeah you're making their, you're, well, aside from making their point, they're very like they're false, pushing this false point for them. Also just by equating them, you seemingly neutralize what is a looming threat and, I mean, literally, they are literally, there is literally yeah. every single 
intelligence and law enforcement agency in this country has been writing reports dating back to 2006 saying that this is mm. literally the biggest threat to national security. So, mm, yeah. and when and when the press treats them as if it's it's they're both equally nuts and shrugs, mm. that's it's they become part of that dangerous element. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I guess in a very different subject area <laughs> to switch dra- switch lanes in four directions. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So the in in the automotive world, there's a lot of turmoil right now around electric vehicles, electric only vehicles, and there has been a huge drop in demand for a lot of new electric vehicles including the Ford F-150 Lightning, which was hailed as this very significant achievement. And it was a really big achievement, but the cost is still too expensive for a lot of people. And then, especially if you live in northern latitudes, such as people like yourself, Kelly, in New York, but also in places of Illinois and New England, etc., electric vehicles have some significant problems for you. And people really drop the ball that they, whether it's the car companies, whether it's the government, whether it's even automotive publications of letting people understand that if you have an electric vehicle in the winter, you're probably going to have half of your capacity. And that's, it has caused a lot of problems for people living in colder climates this year. And so there is an unfortunate reality that there's been a, a big downturn in sales lately, and there's been a lot of returns on some of these vehicles. And so the chairman of Toyota, uh, Akio Toyoda, which fun little trivia that they changed the company name as from the last name of the family, but he he's, and Toyota generally has kind of resisted the EV only push for a long time. And they came under criticism from, from a lot of people for doing that, for emphasizing hybrids a lot, especially, but He's been proven correct that hybrids probably are the best solution for people right now, because not only are they more more reliable, both uh, compared to electric, but also even to ice engines, internal combustion, they're just more reliable. And so that's, I think, yeah, people, people made some mistakes with this and I don't, I hate to see, yeah. And I hate to see it's what's bad though, is that the, that the kind of downgrading of hybrids and push overemphasis on electric, it's it's making the right wing be able to kind of really have some momentum against climate change mitigation. And, and, and I'm definitely seeing that from people, they're concerned about it. And I don't, I don't like to see it. I don't like to see it. Yeah. I'm not, I just, this feels like a very sort of, um, I mean, obviously I care about what's happening with climate change and the environment, but it's just this part of the conversation for me is so car culture oriented and other than it's so <laughs> not car culture oriented. I mean, not relevant to you. Drive. So yeah. it, it's just, it's less of a conversation at all in the circles that I move in. Mm-hmm. People take Ubers yeah. or they take the subway. That's how they get around. And if they do have a yeah. car, they use it extreme. They use it just to get out of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think, well, and that's, a, that's another area where I do think though, that people, the government has to put more pressure on it because 
for most people, their car is primarily used as a commuting device, whether yeah. it's to take themselves or their kids to school or, or to work. And, and, and governments, they need to make, they need to tackle things, not just from the, from the car side of things, but also why people are using a car and to reduce the need for that. Like, I think yeah. that there needs to be a tax on office space, that if you're a company that requires your employees to go to office, you need to be taxed for that because you're polluting the environment by doing that. And, and we need to disincentivize that. I mean, part of why I have chosen to live in New York City, aside from there, I the think some of the reasons weather. are obvious. Well, everyone who lives here lives here for the weather. <laughs> it is partly because it isn't a typical, typical American cities, including where I'm from, which is Atlanta, involve a lot of driving. Urban sprawl is just so baked into the American landscape. It's this idea you cannot escape car culture. And yeah, I, I think that one of the benefits of, I mean, we people talk a lot online about what does it mean to live in a city that is walkable. I mean, I just, I've had dinner with friends this weekend and then I walked the two miles home. I brought like my sneakers with me and that's like a totally typical thing. No one blinks when I said, I think instead of taking a car or the train, I'm just going to walk home. Like I wanted to live in a place like that. I think that a lot of people that live here choose to live in a place where you can, there are bike lanes and not to get into, obviously there are a lot, a lot of cities that are not, that are doing some of this and they tend to be like blue cities, but you know, there's a lot of places where people are just obsessed with cars and everyone drives to their office park and then they drive like two blocks during at lunch to go to wherever they're picking up their food and then they drive the literal two blocks back. And it's so much nicer to live in a place where if people are not so car dependent, it is a huge part of why I live here. And when I leave here and go to places where everyone drives, it's a bummer to me. <laughs> it super is. It does. It literally bums me out. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's better just from a, a, I mean, aside from the environment and pollution and things like that, it's also better from, from a health standpoint to have, be, live in a place that is walkable because it just makes you get outside. Like being inside all the time, it's just not good for you. We need to get out. And, Vitamin D. You know, Hello. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I, mm -hmm. I was actually talking to someone about this that like. I mean, obviously I choose to run every day and that's a particular thing, but I would bet most people here, even if they don't dedicate time specifically to going running or walking, they walking is just a part of their day. And I was looking, I was thinking about mm -hmm. like there, there's, I saw some, I think it was, maybe it was I, the CDC, some sort of health agency. It's recommended that people walk two miles a week. <laughs> like that's amazing to me. Like <laughs> a week in a week in seven days. And that, it's probably a lot for the average American who doesn't get out of their car pretty much at all. I mean, yeah. Really well, and, and to be everywhere. fair, but our cities are constructed yeah, and, like that. I mean, they, they yeah, are yeah, even yeah. parts of New York city. Thanks Robert Moses. So that, that exists, but luckily. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like I said, that environmental protection, it, it has to be more than just, we need to get people onto electric vehicles. It has to, we need a holistic, we need holistic solutions and ones that are, are relevant for everyone because some things are, are not going to work for some people or some areas and some will work better. And we just, we have to have more flexibility on all that.
Well, luckily, Alana's building a speed train, so he's going to fix it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, hey, if he can make one to Mars and then stay there, then that, that's all I want. <laughs> 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 we haven't done any DC news yet, and but it's not because there's nothing going on. And it is right now, I, the, the big sort of debate in DC is about a Senate immigration compromise that several Republican and Democratic senators are working on to address some of the issues that we've been having at the uh, U.S.-Mexico border, because it is, in fact, the case that since a lot of people discovered in other countries that they could come and apply for asylum in the United States, that we are, in fact, seeing significant record numbers of people doing this because they essentially realized that they could hack the immigration system essentially by applying for asylum, whether they actually were, would qualify for it or not, didn't matter. And so it is a real, a real problem, but the right wing of course is instead of trying to solve the problem, they are trying to exacerbate the problem and prolong it so that they can have a campaign issue. And when Trump was the president, according to him, the COVID-19 pandemic was a hoax. But when it came to immigration, it was real. And, right. and so it was an emergency, in fact, such an emergency that he instituted an executive order to that really crank, crank, cranked down on the number of people who were allowed into the ports of entry and asylum process because it was we were just in danger of, of being killed from COVID, but only at the border. Like nobody else was in danger, apparently. Right. And so when the pandemic was ended by the Biden administration, they were like, well, we can't really do this executive order because we don't have a pandemic. So let's get rid of it. And then so the Republicans are trying to say, well, you just need to put back Title 42, Biden. That's what you should do. Which, and of course, showing that they utterly do not give a fuck about anything that they say, <laughs> number one on this. And then number two, Biden was saying, look, I don't have the legal authority to do this, but I want to do something about this because there are too many people coming in here and we can't handle them in the different ways that we don't have enough money to process all these people. And so they're refusing to do it, though. Trump basically has told the Republicans that I do not want to have any legislation on this because it's a great issue to campaign on. And like this yeah. is, from a policy standpoint, basically the only issue where Republicans have a more popular policy position. Literally almost the only issue from a, a longstanding perspective. And so he wants to milk this as long as he can and, and drag it out. And and we'll we'll see how it goes. Right now the Senate's still plugging away at it. But I don't know. It's seems like it's it's the Republicans are going to stop this the way they stop every other immigration compromise. Right. I mean, even as they complain about the border and make it one of their central points of complaint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they will do absolutely nothing. Except it's a crisis, hope that it's, but, we, we, but we won't but we do anything. We're about it. not going to do anything <laughs> about it. And very openly, I mean, and they're being led by someone who has already hoped that there will be a huge economic collapse that he can run on. I mean, and said that, literally. Very openly said that. And so, I mean, he's open in, in both of these cases. He's been open about the fact that he doesn't, what he, he hopes is the worst for the country because it will benefit him. That's who yeah. their chosen leader is. So, yeah, it's 
it's so exhausting because it feels like at the, the the moral of every story is there is a party in this country that is wholly obstructionist that will do anything and in, including burn down the entire country to get its way and here is the mm-hmm. way this week we're talking about that they are doing that. <laughs> in what way are they blocking? Are they standing in the way of democracy or obstructing a mm-hmm. bill that they initially proposed or speaking out against an idea that was their own a few years ago so that they can now run on it for themselves and then mm-hmm. reappoint this person who wants to be a dictator? And like every single week. I mean, it's a it's a new we, we talk about a new bill every week or a new a, a new proposed <laughs> new proposed legislation or some whatever new sinister plan that they've created. But it's it's always the same end goal with the with the same tricks being employed. So, yeah, that's my version of the, my speech this week. <laughs> yeah, same shit, different day. Same shit, different um, day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, and ultimately, that is why. And, and, and they know that they're losing and yeah. but they won't stop until they're made to stop and so that's why you have to keep going at this stuff and and keep the pressure on and yes it's exhausting yes it's annoying but you know this is what we got to do and so let's keep at it yeah so besides coming up with conspiracies about Black people, the right wing has of late become extremely obsessed with Taylor Swift and how her entire career apparently has been a CIA psychological operation. If someone had gone Mm -hmm. to you in the very early dark days of 2020 and told you that Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift would be dating basically kind of like the captain of the football team and that she, this blonde-haired, blue-eyed, for a very long time, country singer, mm. that they were together, and they were somehow being treated as a threat by the right... I mean, <laughs> the idea that they could be read as anything other than exa- the exact representation and embodiment of what conservatives want the, the future of this country to look mm. like. And yet, they managed to fumble it. They have managed <laughs> to, to fumble exactly what they yep. were always seemed to be asking for like the idea that she's lib coded is hilarious oh yeah 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 no and it, it actually takes me back to that during the 2016 rise of donald trump the the people who were branding themselves as the alt-right they actually originally had tried to make taylor swift their 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 ma- uh, mascot their mascot yeah. I mean, I wrote uh, a piece asking why she wasn't because it was it was everywhere. And obviously mm-hmm. a big part of the, the alt-right was like their kind of like smirkiness and, and half joking mm-hmm. and, and they were trolling constantly. But they were doing it loudly enough that it had gotten other pickup. And I pe- people were wondering out loud, including me, why she wasn't saying anything, why she was allowing them mm-hmm. to turn her into their kind of Aryan queen. And yeah, yeah. So, so to see this 180 from them is is pretty. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's yet another illustration that for the propagandists on the right, they don't believe in anything other than their own power. Like that is literally the only thing they believe in. And facts, principles, no, nothing, everything's fungible for these guys. And and so, yeah, now they've, they've been going off incessantly. And it, just like the shit that they're saying is so incredibly idiotic. And of course, Vivek Ramaswamy 
was a big booster in that as well. So Ramazwamy suggested on Twitter, because I refuse to call it X, that, quote, a major presidential endorsement will be coming out of an artificially, culturally propped up couple this fall. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> no, and it's, and it's, it's just, and, and then you, there's this other guy who has the very, very clever and original name of DC Drano, uh, that basically claimed that the San Francisco 49ers, they have to win the Super Bowl this year, because if they don't, the world will have a world war, uh, because of Taylor Swift. And it's just a, a, a game that doesn't like, even get played outside of the U S like, Talk yeah. about that. Like no one gives a shit about American football outside of the U.S. People don't even know what yeah. the rules up there's, are. So it's just there's absolutely a reason it's and, called American football. And, yeah. <laughs> and don't forget. Well, yeah, I mean, everywhere except America. And don't forget that Jack Posobiec also dedicated some stage time to talking about Taylor Swift and how she's a psyop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's this uh, right wing website called Red State which is, you know, one of these websites that specializes in sanitizing right-wing bullshit and making it slightly plausible for your white-collar Republican work acquaintances. And they basically, they had an article by a guy named Brad Slager, and his response is that the media, they are the ones who are losing their minds because the conservative and right-wing people who are talking about this they're actually just doing it for joking and they're just kidding. They don't really believe it. And the way he phrased it was, do any people on the right actually believe this? Certainly some, but doubtful many. What is at play are right of center pundits seeing this opportunity as a good play to the audience with varying degrees of seriousness. Most of it is an opportunity for clicks and engagement. The notoriously careful right wing. <laughs> yeah, well, and I read that and I was like, even if that was true, which it isn't, like uh, Laura Loomer does not put forward no. ideas that she does not believe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, neither, I mean, it and, would imply she has a sense of humor. She does not. Yeah, and so like, even if that were true, this dude is basically saying right wing media is filled with people who will deliberately lie and pretend to believe things to their audience yeah. to manipulate them for clicks <laughs> like in what world does this make your side look good my guy <laughs> it does not and that's the thing like you just this, this everything is soulless in in right-wing media and like that was why ultimately i had to get out of it because it either makes you go nuts being in it or you become a sociopath and i didn't want to do either one of those things so i got the fuck out and on that note we're way over our time, so we are going to jump off So now. we need to get the fuck out. <laughs> we need to get the fuck out. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, I guess I don't give a fuck about football, but, you know, I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs on this one. <laughs> I will be. Head it explodes. I will. If Well, if uh, history is any indicator, I will be rooting for whoever is losing at any given moment because I'll start feeling sorry for them. <laughs> 
which is well, that's genuinely true. The moment the person, the moment the team starts to lose, I start to feel bad for them, and then I want them to win. And then if it changes hands, then I start to feel sorry for the mm -hmm. other team and start to want them to win, which is not helpful. No, including and, and you're to not going to get your. You're not going to get your Soros check that way either. I know. Yeah. The last, <laughs> the last three have bounced anyway. So. All right. I'm hopping but, off. Yeah. Great as always talking. It's, yeah. You stay sane out there. And likewise as well. It's, it's going to get into the 60s this coming week. I'm, okay. I'm preparing for it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye.